0: Hello and welcome to this uh, third talk in our mental health series at Barnabas. Thanks so much for joining us for this talk. Hope you've had access to the other talks and the other midweek updates and the seminar, all the programme as we're looking at mental health. With this wonderful title, subtitle, In the Valley You Are Faithful. Uh, A wonderful affirmation of God's faithfulness in times of difficulty. Now we're looking at different aspects of mental health uh, in our Sunday morning presentations. And, And this particular one looks at the issue of loss and grief, which is known to be a major component of the mental health challenges that people experience. And you could hardly get a more topical subject because I would say that 2020 is the year of loss in our country and in our culture because of COVID-19 and everything that's happened. As the years gone on, we've seen challenge after challenge after challenge. We come to the end of the year with uh, many dark clouds still ahead of us concerning dealing with COVID-19. It's a year where we've all felt a sense of loss. Now, that loss is most extreme in terms of the grieving process, which we'll come to later on. But that loss is felt in so many different ways and on one or two other occasions I've analysed this loss that we feel in our culture at the moment and I've described it as having three different levels and probably everybody listening to this uh, talk and this video will identify with at least one of those levels if not more than one. The lowest level is minor loss. There's hardly a person in this country that hasn't felt that as a result of the restrictions of the current situation, they've, they've lost their freedom of movement, their freedom of choice. They've lost the ability to go on holiday to the places they want to go to. They've had inconveniences in shopping, things like that. Now, this is, these are minor losses, but it's still a feeling that life isn't as it was before. We've lost something. Now, the second category is major loss. This is much more serious and has many different dimensions. An obvious one is the loss of employment, redundancy, the loss of opportunity. For example, for young people trying to find jobs, for people coming out of universities um, struggling to know what to do next. The issue of employment has gone right across the country as a major loss. There are people who are going to come to Christmas 2020 without a job who would never have expected that to be the case in Christmas 2019. There's the major loss experienced uh, under social isolation. That sense of being disconnected, that really is getting to be quite a serious issue for many people. Whether it's young families locked up at home, as it were, or whether it's people who were shielding earlier in the year and are now taking it very cautiously, and um, maybe it's the fact that all our social institutions are not functioning properly and we can't connect with people in sports environments and social environments, and even the church communities fundamentally compromised in terms of meeting together. There's major loss. And often there's loss of relationship in households which have been put under phenomenal stress. A huge hike in domestic violence has been recorded this year. A friend of mine works on police computers and he noticed um, in all the stats coming through that he was, he was uh, helping to monitor how domestic violence in a, in a particular police authority elsewhere in the country was, has really spiked in 2020. This long-term separation from family and friends is a major loss. And it's getting more serious as time goes on. So there's minor loss, there's major loss, and there's critical loss. The loss of life. And that loss has come home to us in a fresh way through the deaths, the tens of thousands of deaths from COVID-19 that have taken place this year, and also the loss of life that's taken place for other causes that have happened in this particular environment that has created a sense of critical loss in bereavement I've had the experience of taking funerals where almost everyone who wanted to be present was unable to be there. Their grieving is interrupted, disconnected, elongated, deepened because of the interaction between a loss of life and our general loss because of the restrictions caused by the COVID-19 pandemic. It was very poignant for me earlier this year to take a funeral where, as I've mentioned uh, on one or two occasions before, there was one person present. Only one relative could come. Everyone else was watching uh, online as it was live streamed on this occasion. And I've been with people who've shed bitter tears because of the disconnection caused in terms of grieving and loss in this environment where we can't meet so easily, we can't hug, we can't touch, we can't cry together, we can't talk together so freely as we could normally do. These are fundamentally important aspects of socialisation and relationships and family and community that are being compromised. So this topic of loss and grieving, which is important at any time, has a particular poignancy right now uh, as we are experiencing it in a very restrictive environment and it's heightening some of this sense of loss. But as we turn to the scriptures, as we did in the opening talk, uh, we find amazingly that in the words of the Bible, there are incredible resources for us that help us with some of these much more difficult parts of human life that we're talking about. And as I mentioned in the opening talk in this series, one of the greatest resources for us is the book of Psalms. And I hope that you'll come to the book of Psalms with fresh eyes as a result of this series, because just as I went to a psalm uh, to illustrate my first talk at the beginning of the series, I'm going to go back into the psalms today and I've chosen a psalm which just readily came to mind when I thought of this topic which addresses this question of loss and death and grieving and mourning in an absolutely beautiful and moving and wonderful way. Psalm 116. So we're going to get the words of of the psalm coming up so you can see them but do have a bible available and look at the text, meditate on this particular text. Context is very important. We don't know the author of this psalm. Uh, We do know the sort of context. It was used in Jewish worship and the psalm speaks of a context which I think is helpful for us to understand. Whoever wrote this psalm, it appears, had had a near-death experience. They'd had a brush with death through some difficulty, probably an illness, that had uh, really shaken them to the core and caused them to reflect on death, caused them to experience some of the emotions of loss and grieving uh, that are associated with dying or witnessing someone else's death. And so Psalm 16, 116, is a, a reflection, an extended reflection on this process. So this forms the basis for our study this morning uh, in this talk. Let's read it together. I love the Lord, for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. Because he turned his ear to me, I will call on him as long as I live. The cords of death entangled me The anguish of the grave came over me. I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, save me. The Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. The Lord protects the unwary. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I trusted in the Lord when, he said, when I said, I'm greatly afflicted. In my alarm I said, everyone is a liar. What shall I return to the Lord for all his goodness to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfil my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his faithful servants. Truly I am your servant, Lord. I serve you just as my mother did. You have freed me from my chains. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the courts of the house of the Lord, in your midst, Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. Now, there's quite a few things that I want to pick out from this this amazing, powerful psalm. First of all, in the process of facing loss and grieving... What we can notice from here is the importance of time. Grieving has different stages, and different stages of the grieving process are actually referenced in this psalm. And there are different emotions. You'll notice a variety of different emotions are expressed in this psalm. Grieving and loss can have feelings of numbness, Feelings of sadness, feelings of strange calm, feelings of kind of inner deadness, or alternatively, feelings of anger. Tremendous range of emotions, especially as there's often an element of shock, as a fundamental change has happened, as we lose important things or we lose important lives to us. And the whole, a whole being has to adjust and it takes time. So time is referenced here in the sense of the psalmist talking about things he felt at one point, which he no longer feels now. And I remember very vividly when I first really understood the power of these varied emotions, when someone who'd been bereaved, who was a very calm person, became so angry for a period. It didn't last long. And it was just an aspect of those necessary emotions that we face. It shocked me at the time, but I came to understand it better later on. A second thing about this psalm that I find is helpful is that it demonstrates the process of talking out our feelings. What we call nowadays processing. The importance of sharing our emotions when we're going through these kind of difficulties is incredibly important. And here the psalmist is, is willing to share his emotions publicly and indeed permanently, because here it is in Scripture. You know, about almost 3000 years later, we've still got the same text. We've still got those same emotions. We've still got that same process in front of us. It's very, very public he's talked it out and many people will affirm that just the capacity to talk and share sometimes quite a lot and over a long period of time is really important and this is where personal support in the church pastoral support in the church professional support medical support your family your friends they really do count for a lot It's important to talk it out. But this psalm also speaks of another very important faith dimension, and that is prayer. Right at the very beginning, I love the Lord for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. As the psalmist sunk into this feeling of great anxiety about death, he cried out to God. And this is the beautiful thing about the Psalms is they connect these difficult emotions with the reality of God. Both things are there in the same space in our lives, aren't they? There's the reality of God and the difficult emotions, but sometimes the reality of God gets pushed out to the periphery. And the, Psalm, the Psalms help us to uh, focus on the fact that God is always there. We can always speak to him. We can always call upon him. The other thing about this psalm that I find very interesting is that it doesn't disguise or modify or sanitize difficult, raw emotions. Tears, anger, sadness and shock. We can see them all. Look, for example, in verse three, I was overcome by distress and sorrow. Overcome by distress. Well, that's a very, very strong expression. I was overcome by distress. Verse 11 rather strangely says, In my alarm I said, everyone is a liar. Now that's a moment of anger, a kind of almost irrational anger. It doesn't fit in naturally with the flow of the psalm, but it's an expression of the unfiltered emotion of anger that comes to the surface in a, in a time of anticipated loss. Raw emotions are important. And there's a word for it which comes to mind, which is lamenting. And the Psalms validate the fact that sometimes people, people of faith in the Old Testament and the New, have to lament, have to just express great sadness for things that have happened. We've even got a book in the Old Testament called Lamentations, which features this in an astonishing way. It's an an absolutely amazing book about this particular theme, which is talking about a national lament for the nation of Israel when the city of Jerusalem was destroyed and the temple with it. Raw emotions. Very important. When I lost my father many years ago, I experienced periods where I would just suddenly cry burst into tears some trigger made me feel incredibly sad just the raw emotions and there's interesting here they're not being suppressed they're not being filtered they're not being dismissed they're not being suppressed and hidden away they're on the page as if to say god knows that we have these emotions and he allows us to express them i think that's wonderful but this psalm also tells us of coming to terms with the reality of death verse 15 precious in the sight of the lord is the death of his faithful servants an affirmation that death is a reality which is the ultimate form of loss brings the ultimate form of grieving death is a reality and needs to be faced directly it needs to be owned and talked about Before it happens, when it's happening, and particularly importantly for the grieving process, afterwards. And I found with the loss of important people in my life and in my family's life, that talking about their lives after they've died regularly for a number of years is all part of the grieving process and is an affirmation that we're facing up to the fact that death is a reality. You can't just sweep it under the carpet and sanitize it. The other beautiful thing about this psalm is that it holds out hope for emotional healing. Verse 8. I love this verse. I want you to remember this one. For you, Lord, have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears. The tears he cried didn't last forever. There came a time when he could say that... The tears had dried up. The rawness of the emotions had diminished. We need to hold on to this hope in dark moments of grieving. Two more things that come to mind in this rich and beautiful psalm. The support of the community of faith is very interesting here. Verse 14, I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. That means the participation in public worship. Now this is often a really difficult challenge and obviously public worship has a different meaning to us now than it would have done then temporarily when we're unable to meet together physically but we're hoping we're going to overcome that soon. But the gathering together to worship God in the presence of all his people can be particularly difficult for people who are suffering uh, mourning grieving and loss. But as that public gathering together takes place, whether it's in a small group at home or in a big church meeting or in any other context, it allows the support of the community to come to bear. We grieve as Christians in community, not on our own. And finally here, we see Um, A security in the character of God. Verse 5, the Lord is gracious and righteous. Our God is full of compassion. I think that's a rich and beautiful description of God. Even as we go through loss and grieving, he is full of compassion. In other words, he identifies with our human emotions. Now, that is even more true for us as Christians than it was for these Jewish believers here, because we've got a further revelation about what that means, because Christ came as a human. He came as a man, and he felt every emotion that we feel, including emotions of grieving and loss, including crying. Our God is full of compassion. That's true for you. If you're facing loss or grieving at this time now grieving i've spoken of here primarily in terms of the loss of life but of course there can be grieving of broken relationships grieving of loss of opportunities grieving of loss of employment loss of finance and other things that we might lose loss of health long term but our god is full of compassion and in the valley you're faithful That's the message of this psalm. Now, as we come towards the end of this talk, I want to just uh, add in a couple of New Testament perspectives. In 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 13 and 14, uh, verse 13 particularly, Paul makes the point, uh, brothers and sisters, we do not want you to be uninformed about those who sleep in death, so that you do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. And he draws a distinction between the way we grieve and the way other people grieve, who, in his view, have no hope. In other words, no hope of eternal life, no hope of uh, a heaven, uh, of the presence of God, a life that's better than this life. So a New Testament perspective is that Christians go through the process of grieving in a very real and powerful way, but they have a profound hope based on the resurrection of Christ, our hope of resurrection, and our confidence in eternal life. And this is captured beautifully by Paul in Romans 8, verses 18 to 20. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us, this is in eternity, Our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. That's in the day of resurrection. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. And in this passage, Paul holds out a hope for An eternal world in which the whole of creation is renewed, along with the renewed life of believers through physical resurrection and salvation. So, one vital perspective is that our current experience is not the totality of the situation. Our current loss is not a loss that cannot be redeemed ultimately in eternity and that gives us tremendous confidence so i hope this talk it has enabled you to reflect on loss and grief in perhaps a deeper and more strategic way i hope it's helped you perhaps to understand some of your own emotions if you're going through uh, some uh, issues of loss and grieving whether they're great or small i hope it'll stimulate you in caring for others for whom this is a major issue, who you know in the church or in your family or in the community. And of course, it brings us back in conclusion to the final point, which is that it's only in Christ that we can get this perspective and these resources to help us with grieving and with loss. We need to know him. We need to be saved through his death on the cross putting our faith in him and turning away from our independent lives to follow him it's in Christ that all these benefits come to us thank you so much for listening to this talk and I hope you'll listen to the other talks in the series and the other resources we're giving and I hope they'll be of a strategic and profound benefit to you uh, in this year of loss as we look at mental health and we affirm that in the valley you are faithful.